Welcome back to Girls on Transparent. This is part two of our season two recap of the show, Transparent. We left off last time in the middle of a debate over who is the worst friend in the Pfefferman family, which is kind of like playing a painful game of would you rather. There are no good options here, but we do our best before moving on to the real heart of the matter, the fornication category. So with absolutely zero authority, here is me and Dara deciding who is the best and worst at fornicating and transparent, and many other final observations about this glorious season of the show about everything, which makes Transparent the anti-Seinfeld. We are in the middle of friendship. Um, Who's a loser? Wait, hang on, hang on. Okay. Raquel's a great friend. <laughs> I just want to point out. All right, tell me about Raquel being a great friend. Raquel is a 100%... <laughs> Not 100%. She is as selfless a human being as someone can be without being a complete masochist. She opens her doors to Sarah to come talk to her when it's like, but it's not purely as a rabbi. I'm not impressed. It's as a friend. <laughs> not buying it? I'm not. More. What's more? What else? I, I just don't think there was the opportunity for her to be a friend. That I saw. I always, my like, just when I like close my eyes and think of like Sarah, of Raquel in this season, it's like whiny and annoying. Oh my God. I'm sorry to say really? that. I'm sorry to be <gasps> honest. Oh, oh my, my God. God. It's like just my true feeling. I honestly Should feel we that way. Should get into our Raquel talk now? Uh, I'm like a horrible, horrible. This is great. I'm we horrible. talk and then we hit the, know, a wall and now we have to go through it. We can't go around it. Jeez. Raquel is whiny. I'm well, okay. Worse. Yes. Raquel is a sad sack in this yeah. season. Yeah. I mean, she's just miserable. And when the signs were pointing to it looked like she might split, it was like, let her go, let her go, let her go. Because I can't handle this person in my life anymore. It was too hard. But that's not because she's a, a whiny person. No, she was, in a, she was in a situation that she did not take herself out of. Yeah, that it was a bad relationship. That made her whiny. It was a bad relationship that I did not feel like she – took control of and like and did what she needed to do sooner and in a more she did it ultimately because I mean if you look at like every scene with the two of them it's clear that they're not going to work out or that they shouldn't work out right and so she ultimately did do the right thing for herself but it took her so long and I felt like in every scene it was like this like like battling up against a wall and she was just like annoying to me in every season because it's like you are trying to make him into like you're, this, so you're he's right. What he, relationship. what he says to her in the first episode about you're waiting for me to fuck up so you can say, you know, you knew I was going to fuck up. He was right to say Absolutely that. He was right. He was she right. Was he was right because he is going to fuck I, up because he's not ready to be an adult okay, relationship. Can we just go on to that little end of season of episode one? Yes. Beautiful. Dara beautiful. just leaned in, everybody. <laughs> We're getting serious. Elbows on the table. Beautiful, brilliant end of episode one. With the with the panning is how you panning through those windows, mm-hmm. and each each person each in their person hotel room after the wedding, saying the thing that is most representative of what is to come for their season, without being too heavy handed. The opposite of being heavy handed, the most subtle and like you're waiting for me to fuck up or to prove that I'm not or that you're not lovable or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that is that is sort of the touchstone of their arc yeah um Mora and Shelly Shelly says J- you are beautiful 
Like you have to believe you're beautiful. Shelly just wants, Shelly wants connection. Shelly wants love. Moore wants to be desired and, and desire mm-hmm. and like have a connection. Uh, Sarah, I think just says, I'm sorry. Yeah. And her whole thing is like trying to like forgive herself. Repentance is like her whole thing. She wants to like feel that pain. I read someone wrote in the New York Times that Sarah's whole interest in the naughty doggy thing towards the mm-hmm. end and being whipped and everything is her wanting to be punished I, for what I she's get, done to everyone. Yeah, and I think the whole Mr. Irons, like her whole fantasy from yeah. the beginning feels like she's like in such a dark place. Like that scene where she first fantasized about Mr. Irons, she's like sitting in the dark in like a miserable, empty, just it's bad. Like, sad apartment. Although part of me is like, can't it just be that she's getting in touch with some sexual desire and like do cool. we have to say that she wants to punish herself maybe that's just what gets her off and I'm, great she's I, figuring it out i really appreciate the fact that it's like absolutely she could just be into fetish <laughs> and like want to be spanked a million percent like no question about that but it's like the best cameo in <laughs> in the season wait wait wait, wait. was jill salloway <laughs> Okay, Jill Salloway <laughs> in Idlewild. Well, she's in two scenes in it. I didn't. I have not caught her in the um, Indigo Girls. Yeah, scene. she's rocking out in a red T-shirt. Is she? She's topless? in the corner of the frame. No, she has this red shirt on, and she's just kind of like headbanging to the Indigo Girls. Good for her. I totally missed that one. And but then later, totally caught the Naughty Doggy. <laughs> Such so a fantastic cameo. Yeah. So she. So Jill Salloway is like walking. Uh, being spanked, being yeah, yeah, um, submissive, so good. So, I um, I so appreciate that you're just like, um, can't she just be into this fetish? A million percent, yes, totally, totally, totally. But I think to like add the layer that transparent will is wants to do, subconsciously she wants to be punished. She wants to be punished, and I think that that becomes we're trying to like incorporate that in by the end. Okay, whatever. whatever. That's interesting because what she's saying is that she wants forgiveness. But maybe what she's telling us through her actions is she wants punishment. And are they are they the same? Are thing? they the same? Are they different? Are they connected? Absolutely, I think. Okay, I'm gonna do another little little dorky thing. So far in this series, we have a Jewish funeral, we have Yom Kippur, we have a Jewish wedding, and in this season, the episode opens with a Jewish wedding, in which the Hora celebratory dance is like pretty much a centerpiece of the episode in which all of the action sort of goes around that. We like go to Berlin for the first time. Sarah's like, I end this terrible marriage and all this stuff. And it's the Hora's going on for like 10 minutes. It's like the longest Hora I've ever seen. It's great. Nothing better than a good Hora. Uh-huh. The episode is called Kino Hora, Kinohora, yeah. which means the evil eye. So it's like, okay, the word Hora is in it. So it makes you think. It's about this dance, but actually, no, it's about the fact, it's about sort of the evils lurking beneath. You know, we could go into all of the, like, potential meanings of what that means for the season, for the episode, but, like, the way that it ties back brilliantly and seamlessly into the Yom Kippur episode, episode whatever, Book of Life, when, when Josh has a miscarriage and Shelley's like, oh, my God, I caused it. I said it. I, I tempted the evil eye, and it is my fault. And we're brought back to the fact that she does announce it in that first episode. And just just that sort of, like, looping back and mm-hmm. threading back mm-hmm. to me. Also, I just love it. 
Raquel says to Josh, please don't do that to me. Betray me and then tell me it's a gift. Oh, How man. many other people have done that in this show? That line is everything, too. It's Think like... about what, what Shelly and Maura did to Josh with keeping Colton a secret. And the way that Shelly tries to play it off. I couldn't have we did you a favor. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's like it's a Pfefferman, Pfefferman family trait. secret. Right. It's a Pfefferman family. And it's also like a very human thing, like a very like succinct way to say what a lot of people, what, what happens in life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, so good. I had as a winner in the friendship category, the mother from Sarah's kid's school who she runs into at the festival. Melanie Hudson! SNL. Nice work. Nice work. Oh my God, that's right. Wow. And that's all I got for her. No, that's wow. (laughs) Taking me back. Right? Yeah, because she's from the days, I think, when I started watching SNL. Which were the days that I was a 90210 fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, that that was a great when she's, so she's like, playing Jocelyn, the other mother, and she tells Sarah to get over herself, basically, and says to stop walking around with that hurt feelings, poopy face. <laughs> that no one so cares. Well no one cares is her point. Which Sarah's like, maybe oh, is my very God, liberating you're for an Sarah. outcast, too. And she's like, you bitch. Like, right. Come on. <laughs> so the world does not revolve around you. Yeah. Right. It reminds me of how I heard someone recently talk about how um, – I think it was um Shirley Manson on a podcast was talking about how shyness is actually an extreme form of narcissism because it implies that you think people care about what you say or what you're doing that you feel so scrutinized that you're afraid to speak up that's really interesting who said that Shirley Manson from garbage okay um yeah deep I like it interesting right true I think that's I think there's some truth to that for sure so but, so Sarah walking around feeling like everyone's judging her. No one no one cares. Get okay, over it. Let absolutely. go of it cuz no one's paying attention to you. Yes. However, Barb cares. Yeah. Barb is like, "I don't <laughs> want anything to do with you." You weird. I mean, yeah, because she Sarah just, like, have went to a giant far. wedding. <laughs> and like she, I mean, some people definitely care. Yeah. Tammy I get cares. why she's a little paranoid that people are like talking a little bit of smack about her. I, that I think is is warranted. Yeah. To think. But there's a lot of narcissism there also. It, a million percent. Yes. Exactly. Not like other mothers in the school. I mean, yeah, I guess nobody get they get painted one way or the other. We're, we're used to seeing that kind of trope in TV and film of these like bored mothers who gossip about each other viciously. I think that's true, in a way. Yeah, I'm sure that can be true, but this is a nice flip side, which also exists, of everyone so busy in their own lives that even if they do gossip, they're not, they don't really care. I totally agree, yes. <laughs> also, talking about the parents of the school, Amy, Annie Mumolo. Yes. Hilarious. Just a little jab of is awesome it sauce. Afternoon Delight, when she plays another mother that I think they shot at the same school, it's like silver lake jcc or whatever (laughs) and she's like a mother who has like a permanently dour look on her face anyway okay friendship down what do you got i think i put josh josh because he's so self-obsessed or josh to who yeah i guess nothing he has no nothing i mean friendship and fornication these categories blend a little bit 
in the sense that you should be a friend to your partners. Yes. So Allie, horrible friend to Sid, I think. Oh, okay. I said Allie is the winner of friendship. For I who? said Sid and Buzz are the winners, but Allie, okay, because first, first she came back to apologize to her friend. She tried to be honest with her girlfriend. Okay. She cared for Sarah, her sister, at the wedding. She cares about her family. She goes to see her grandma. She took Mappa to the festival. Uh, however, she did turn to friend and confidants into lovers, and she's still a Fefferman, so she's still making bad decisions. <laughs> However, I think on the whole, when you look at her track record this season versus others, I think she's she's doing her best to be straightforward. I think that, like, that is admirable. Okay. <laughs> but let me posit this. Yeah. What's the first thing we're ever told about the Fefferman children? And the first They never keep their debts or pay their debts. Oh, that's Game of Thrones. Sorry. That no, that that's a joke by <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm totally saying a joke. Are you quoting the things that I retweet? <laughs> Emily Nussbaum of New Yorker. <laughs> Thank Said, goodness uh, you helped me out with that because I did not. Yeah, not a Fefferman never pays her debts. Right, right. Emily Nussbaum go. is the queen of all things TV, and she nailed it. Um, no, in the in the first scene of Mora at her group therapy. She says, my children are so selfish. I can't yes. believe I raised such selfish children. Yes. So therefore, I declare no Pfefferman child can win up in the friendship category. Oh. All right. It's not in their nature. Okay. A moratorium on <laughs> Pfefferman yes. as friends. Okay. So who do you, who is the winner for you? Um, I think Buzz had the most standout, yeah. like, um, just purely trying to be a good human to someone else so no ulterior motive mm -hmm. he just wanted joshy to let it out oh my god josh scene. was like the hurt duck that they found was together. The, okay can we just, just talk about the ducks yeah. ducks this season and maybe even last season but like ducks are uh, ducks are present and i think it represents like kind of either agingness or just sort of um a, a place in life or something but Whenever, so uh, Rose in her yeah. senior center has, uh, they, they do like insert shots and the one's like a duck. And then Ooh. we, yeah. And then there's the ducks and Mora when she gets kicked out of Davina's on Yom Kippur, we see her back at Shelly's feeding the ducks. The, Interesting, and I, I I think that they were kind of interspersed, you know, something to be cared for, mm -hmm. um, something to spend time with. I don't I don't really know wh where we'd want to go with that, but it was sort of peppered in nicely, and and that scene with with Buzz and Josh was like, just it almost makes you uncomfortable because Buzz is saying things that like Josh were like, oh, are you allowed to say that? Like, yeah, are you allowed yeah. to say your father's dead? He's yeah. like, I, I see more all the time. And he's right. like, but that's not your father. Right. Yeah. And the show doesn't allow the space to like sort of go there a lot because we're so involved in like all of the the sort of proper things or the positive things. And, yeah. and for Buzz to just be like, it's not about that right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you need to grieve. You yeah. You need to move on. It was, oh my gosh. Yeah. Although... Josh breaking down and crying, I was a little bit like, oh, it's pretty on the nose. And 
like a little teeny. I don't know. I kind of thought, is he going to cry? And then he cried. And then yeah. sometimes it's disappointing when you can predict it. But yes. But his act, his acting this season. Oh, yeah. When Raquel says we're done. And then he just like uh, has to keep it together. Mm-hmm. It's just like five seconds of him just standing there and trying processing to, and not cry. A lot of processing and not crying. Yeah. And like on the brink. Right. And, I mean, that that um supermarket scene where he's eating the meat, like, however that came about. I, was thought, I, mean, I didn't was know what like, to do with that scene. Can you help me? I don't I don't know if I know, but I mean, I can go there because it was just like so visceral and and tough to watch. And like, you know, that that's the kind of behavior that happens and that is so secretive and to like see it in someone in a character who's who we don't consider the most secretive of characters on this show. You mm-hmm. kind of. You see these glimmers of him being uh, sort of un, unhinged and coming apart, and like he's clearly got tons of issues. But for this, so he so started public. the show with the biggest secret, though. In that first episode, we didn't know the who Rita? Rita was. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, no, he's certainly not. <laughs> he's but everyone else knew who Rita was. The audience didn't know. Right. Yeah. Um. No, you're right. I mean, the, 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 everyone is is equally likely to have these like surprising and shocking things. But like, I mean, it was just so raw. That scene was so raw. Yeah. Um, that, and you're just like, fuck, he's like, fuck it. Because, because that went on, that went on like quite a while Mm -hmm. that you think Mm -hmm. someone's going to see him or something like this is just so Where's this heading? Where is this heading? And then it's heading to him doing CrossFit and puking. Right. Right. (laughs) And then having the sort of balls to be like, you can, you know, this is for $38,000. No, yeah. you can do this for 32 or whatever he does. And then it, then it works. I don't know. And um, which leads me to a point about the editing. Did you notice like there's just some points where, and I think it starts in episode one with Sarah at the altar at the, when she's getting mm-hmm. married and mm-hmm. it's just that fracturing. The panic attack. The panic, I guess it's a, I guess it's a sort of panic attack um, technique. But yeah, but it's great, and they use it when Josh was doing the car. True, and uh, there's even this like wonderful moment when Morris at the doctor, and the doctor is like, "So, you know, do you think you're going to undergo reassignment surgery?" And there's this moment where Mora, they just like take her from two different angles, like a jump cut almost, and mm-hmm. it's just like you see her just like completely out of body, like being like, "What is the answer to that? I can't even wrap my brain around what that would mean." Um, yeah, there's just like lovely pepperings and moments like that. Yeah. Really great. All right. So friendship. Friendship. Buzz is a winner. Buzz is a winner. And Pfeffermans are losers. <laughs> Could have seen that coming. Yeah. Um All right. This fornication. Is fornication is an extremely loaded category for the show Transparent. And this is a category that's going to lead us to Berlin 1933 because we need something to get us there. Let's do winners and losers and then Great. dive okay. in. Let's start with Down. Who do you got? I have Josh as the loser. I mean, yeah. we don't even – for the amount of sex that he had last season uh-huh. and sexuality that he had last season, think right. about it. What he had – there was uh, – was there an encounter – or it was just like the rash. He was like, I have a boner. <laughs> she was like, 
she was like, tell me that I'm the most amazing person that you've ever met. And he's like, yeah, I just want to bone you. And, and then he's like, oh, you have a rash. Bye. <laughs> that was like the extent of his sexuality in the season. Am I right? I think I'm right. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's alone at the end of the season. And we don't know what he's going to do next. And he seems totally incapable of being in an adult relationship. I feel very good about where he's ending up at the end of the season because he needed that It's release. good that he's alone. Allie took the ring away from him. Allie took the ring away. So no more proposals anytime soon, hopefully. That was a low point when he's like, can you just for the optics of this situation? Oh, man. Oh, my God. He's just like, oh, vomit. Like, the worst. Put on the ring for for Pappy or whatever. Oh, my God. For Pappy. Pappy might have to hook up to your septic. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about great casting. Like, they were great. Yeah. She was so perfect. Yep. Ugh. Um, yeah, I okay, mean, so I, of course, put Raquel <laughs> as the loser. Yeah. <laughs> Am I? What is with me? I'm like, you don't feel <laughs> her. We're missing some context about Raquel, though. Like, what is her baggage? <laughs> we don't know. But something made her feel like she needed to be in this relationship. And she did not and couldn't get there on her ever uh, on her own until she until always first upon her. So so you feel like she was she was the fornication down yeah okay just sad just because she is she's more of the victim i do agree with that i agree they're both down but like she got the shortest end of that stick Plus, she lost the baby josh was relieved although it was a little bit tit for tat because she made him get rid of colton and then she lost her baby which is why all right because should we do this for a second that scene on the bed after the miscarriage when a super she, tough scene when you thought josh like, was gonna propose oh no 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 i thought you th- josh is supposed to josh is supposed to propose in like episode two after the pool party and he's like you know what i think i think yeah, I thought that's what we about. should move into this house and she's like i hate you no, that's he's he's like he in multiple occasions he like is supposed to say one thing and he says the other thing. No, but I mean in when they're on the bed together after the miscarriage, the night that they break oh, up. Oh, oof. So Where, bad. Okay, and I feel like they drew that so perfectly so that they both are coming from a place that is equally kind of valid. I mean, the whole stuff that yeah. happens with Colton is very real for Josh and I don't think that as as profound and deep and awful as a miscarriage is, I, I don't think that we can discount the fact that Josh also had a loss right. in a way. But she own. never wanted Colton. Absolutely. So she didn't and empathize with that. I don't fault that. her for that. Right. But it doesn't take away from the fact of what Josh is trying to deal with as well as he can. Mm-hmm. I just, I guess I'm, I'm trying to give him slack for some reason, but... Um, That's true. And look, she, it was less like... She wanted this baby with Josh, and she was excited for the family. It was like she wanted a baby. Is feeling now. the clock, and she needs that baby. And she's like, "Let's do it now." And he's like, "Okay, but like, I want to do that with you. Can yeah. we just take a breath? We just went through a lot of stuff. Can we take a breath and do this right? We have a chance to like do it in the right way." And she's like, "No, yeah." But he was a dick for going to that party. A million so percent. <laughs> he deserved to get left. Worst. Yeah. Bad. Here's some hot so pockets bad. and some peanut butter and jelly. Ugh. Wop something on your computer, like. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, and, and I mean, clearly he knew, I mean, it was, 
it was done. Yeah. So how do we get there? Okay, they um, both are down. And yeah, they're both down. I mean, Tammy, you know, it was bad for Tammy at the beginning. She's going to be fine. I know she'll be she's, fine. She's already, she's already having fun. Tammy's going to be good. <laughs> she's a total Leslie Mackinac. She's totally. She'll move on. They made her look so – she looks great. Yeah. They, I don't know. She looks great. Um, yeah, what the fuck? Tammy's a fashion up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even say that. No. She really is, though. Yeah. And her She's makeup cool. is just like fresh face. She looks great. It's just cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Up. All right. All right. I had a couple runners up. I had like three runners up. Okay, because fornication to me, and I'm sure – I'm guessing you'll agree – fornication sexuality that is what the season was about right right last season was about transition emotional psychological feeling of like this new identity thing this season it's about what does that mean for the body for the desire for the sexuality and how's that going to play out for everyone and so this season across the board except for josh and raquel felt to me about it was like about that so yeah i want to say like everyone was like kind of gunning for this top right <laughs> okay so maybe let's uh, go chronologically through okay. the season cool at first nice. at first we have a surprising couple which seems to be maura and shelly yes mm-hmm. they're kissing in the they're hotel they're kissing in the hotel they're being sweet and loving yeah and you think wow what how evolved that was and easy. amazing <laughs> that was yeah. easy right and at that point we don't even know if maura likes women or or that's true you know that's true i don't think i really knew that until the scene with the lawyer at the bar who she tries to pick up which is such a beautiful scene because and also it's so interesting because yes it's it's it plays out in a certain way because she's a trans woman but even for any human that's like just a human thing yeah like you can put yourself out there he could have been Jeffrey. He could have just looked just like he does in real and normal life and, and mm-hmm. be rejected just as just as easily and felt that same rejection. Yet, since it's since it's this added thing, it has this it was double this weight. But but it felt just like, wow, that's that's human. Yeah. And like also being the person who's being hit on where like this person seems so nice. She was so sensitive. I, like, but like you that. feel like you had to put up a boundary, but then like fuck, they like took it too hard and then you can't walk it back and ugh. I thought the I thought the whole interplay was like really sensitively yeah. done. Yeah. Where is that actress from? Tell me because it was driving me crazy. But I'm Tell check. me you love me. The HBO short-lived series with Adam Scott married to that actress. Oh. Just the best, like, I think it was wow. just, like, one short season of, like, it was all about sex and these, like, different couples. Sex. It was about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> all of these different uh, married and almost married couples having sexual relationships and how that plays out and, like, therapy huh. is part of it. It was, like, a really great series. It's on HBO Go, I'm sure, like, yeah, it's amazing. It's still yeah. out there. So she and I. She's and you from something else her. though. Cause I'm sure. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, that was, was great. great. Good scene. So yeah, good scene. okay. So um, Shelly and Mora looks like maybe it's working, but very quickly we see it's not working. He's not comfortable. And we see that I guess right when he, she like wakes up in the morning and she's like, "Do I make you happy?" And he's like, "Yeah." She's is that like, before yeah. or after the bathtub? Scene? After. Okay. So bathtub scene is episode two. Bathtub scene. We see it though. That he that she's. 
And you think that is it because that is 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 Mora not happy because she's uncomfortable with her sexuality, or is it Shelly? Okay, we don't True. quite know because Shelly says something about it's your now turn. Now it's your turn, and Mora's not comfortable with that. And I, I think the first time I saw it, thought, oh, poor Mora, like doesn't know how to deal with this type right. of thing. Right. But it turns out later, it's she's also it's not just Shelly. <laughs> right. It's also just Shelly, which that that's I I feel you, Mora. Sorry, Shelly. I mean, I love Judith. Like, no, Shelly's in particular love, we love taste. Judith more than anything. I love it. We love Judith. Talking love about Shelly, not Judith. Right, exactly. But that scene uh, was so good. So. The bathtub scene? The bathtub scene. Yeah. Bold and it's always so interesting when you see two people who are being physically close, but are emotionally so far apart. How often do we? Yeah. Like our, I mean, I our ability as humans to do that. Yeah. And that you can like give someone so much pleasure, but you're not in it at all. And that someone can receive so much pleasure and not be affected by the fact that there's that person. Yeah. I mean, to that point, also, you don't often see such um, actual, like visceral, tangible pleasure being given and received in a way that is so tasteful and doesn't make you feel Mm -hmm. it's there's like zero gratuitousness it's just completely feels organic and even necessary to the to the whole thing and so tasteful in a way that's like that could be impossible and i I don't know if you you know looked at any of the stuff about the taping of that i mean jill is famous for being so um thoughtful and protective of the cast and of everybody but you know that that scene was just like completely cleared out like every Mm. like it was literally just like you know whoever just needed to be there which of course that's that's the case but but you just have to imagine how tough that must have been for the actors for for jill for for everybody and like because judith actually gets off in that (laughs) (laughs) thank you all right let's close that It's getting a little too real. It was, too, it was great. Also in that in also in that scene, Mora like starts off by like trying on her boobs and she's like, How does this look for the pool party? Yeah. It's like a great, like lighthearted. They're like girlfriends. Yeah. Aww, they're girlfriends. And it starts and in the beginning of that episode, they're like in the storage unit and Mora's like, I should get out of here. And Shelly's like, I like you just where you are. <laughs> and this right here. It's like very sweet. She's, but Which, she's so dense. She's so dense. Uh, uh, is she dense or is she just like yeah? Because she doesn't hopeful. give a shit. No, but she's not checking in. Like right, yeah, I yeah. want you here, but not because I think it's the best thing for you to be here. I've decided. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, she's so shocked when Mora walks out. Well, she shouldn't also have been. Mora walks out in a in a not nice way. I did not like that. I did not think that Mora the friendship down yeah. on Mora for that. Totally. She walks in. She's like she freaks son. out. She says she did freak out. I guess, but. I, 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 that's part of the whole Mora not being cool in this season and being, mm. I guess, I don't want to use Pfefferman as an adjective, but, you know, it, it, she was being that when she walks in, tells her this, like, big bombshell about their son, and they should have had a little glass of schnapps about it, as Shelly was like, <laughs> let's have some schnapps, it's totally fine, you're totally good, and then Mora's like, I'm out, I can't do this with you, and it's like, come on. Be a be a human, like be a kind person. That's the thing that that I think these this family is lacking, and that is part of the appeal and part of the story. But yeah, sometimes it just it's it's hard. 
I mean, but they push each other. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, anyone's going to walk out of a room on Shelly. <laughs> it's like, what was it? The turkey meatballs were dry. Yeah, and right. And the coffee exactly. is, should I warm it up? And what should we and watch? She's running and she's running for like, the board. Watch whatever you want. Yeah, that. <laughs> that that's great. an interesting that thing. Great? Yeah. That's oh, so good. I feel like we all know people like that or have been that person. I am that person. You can't make the decision? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really problem. It's a problem in my relationship. What do you think I'm it's about? Honest. Uh, power and control that you are hesitant to take it oh no 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 i just i watch you know deciding what is going to be watched yeah in the time in the leisure time that we watch tv uh-huh is contentious because it, it, each you know we have different different things that we want to watch and, wait so you're saying is, you uh, are the opposite. decision you are the decision maker when it comes to that? No, I guess I guess I'm not like more and Shelly. I guess I'm the one that's like, I wanna watch this and yeah. he's like, No and I'm like, Yes <laughs> and then so but anyway, T V but but I'm Okay, like, moving on Bojack Horseman just one time. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna laugh, okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well that's a hard thing though. If someone's telling you you gotta watch a thing and you don't wanna watch it, it's a leap of faith. I'm sorry. In the climate of television that we have today, if you you must be open to trying, I'm gonna say even two episodes. I'm not even gonna say ten minutes, which I wanted to say to be kind, but like no, I think you have to. If one no, if one person in a relationship or in a in a friendship, whatever kind of thing, wants to tr- says, hey, I've heard good things. You know, there's a number of people. I have it on good authority that this is going to be worth our time. You as the partner have to say, okay. I will trust that there are enough people in the world that you, you know, respect and trust that, okay, let's give it not 10 minutes, not zero minutes, first of all, not 10 minutes, but at least an episode, preferably two episodes, preferably three episodes. It took us a few episodes to get into Master of None, I'm just going to say, and and we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a whole other podcast. This is a tangent. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We got to go back. Okay. Got to go back. Um... Allie and Sid, I'm moving us through couples that could have been in contention. Almost winner. Um, Allie and Sid, uh, if it weren't for the the melange of other people involved in this season, clear winner. Allie is a new baby lesbian Mm -hmm. having a wonderful relationship with two very cool people. Yeah. How, what kind of a season are we looking at that that is not the winner? I'm going to tell you, it's a great season of television because she's not the winner in my mind. And that is speaking volumes. That's amazing. She's a new lesbian yeah, with two partners yeah. that are awesome. And right. she doesn't win. No. Both very tastefully, simply, you know, understatedly done. The sex with Sid is like, is like with New World Come and Playing by Nina Simone. <laughs> And, and yeah, but like, you know what's interesting about that scene is Sid saying, "I want to know what you like, what you don't like. Tell me, tell me." And Ali putting it off and being no, like, "Next time." I don't really love you that much. No, but to me, that's okay, what is that? Yeah, what is that? It's like the outfits. Ali doesn't know what she likes and doesn't like. I don't think Ali's capable yeah. of telling Sid. That's a that was a total like okay. kicking it down the road to me. Like I don't know. Let's keep doing this because this is nice. Because you got to think, like, why? Why that dialogue? I thought it was because it's, like, even though she's new at this, she's still in control. She's like, no, honey, I don't need to tell you that right now. That was 
That yeah, but saying it would be the ultimate control. Telling Sid what to do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was an. It was a. You're probably right that it's like she's. I mean, it's like a perfect it. moment. No, but otherwise, I guess it's because I I consider Allie as this self possessed, even though not self aware, but like that mm-hmm. she knows what's up with herself. But no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. I, I, don't know. I think she's bold to try things, but it's not always because she she knows she's gonna like it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. She's just not afraid to do stuff. Yeah. It was, I mean, to end end that whole sort of arc of mm-hmm. her entering in on this journey with that dialogue. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Thought-provoking. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, oh, but their kiss in the bowling alley was so cute. That was great. That was the a fornication whole, up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is your, do you give them the win? No, no, no. Allie no. the win? Okay. No, right. it blew up. It didn't work. Um, we don't know about Allie and Leslie, so TBD. Right. Even though that similarly, that scene in the tent, lovely. Yeah. Lots of tension the whole season. Great. Yeah. From the very first moment you see Allie lock eyes with oh, Leslie. Yeah. She's eating on. that up. Yeah. You now it's on. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cherry Jones, by the way, I have not seen her before, but like so people great. know her. Yeah. I don't. Do you? I saw her in Doubt on Broadway. On Broadway? Yeah. That's where I discovered her. That's so like... It's probably where okay, I left her. Wow. Okay. But And then because uh, she dated... What's her face? I just Googled that last night. And now they're not. Right. Um, Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. And, um, yeah. Interesting. So she does like so, the younger ladies. Okay. which And Sarah Paulson likes the older ladies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, Side <laughs> which takes me to, let me just like digress for two seconds into this point of the point that I mentioned to you before that I wanted to make. Yes. That is <laughs> exciting me. about this series is this very special way that they meld real people. It's, it's, it's like multifold. Real people, real yeah. things, yeah. real history. Former actors playing different roles. And all of these things are so in the forefront because the media is so on top of it and so interested and and can't get enough of it. So it's so easy to find this information. It's like almost at our fingertips when we're watching. It's like it's almost like second nature to then look it up. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there is this like breakdown of the fourth wall or whatever, this barrier between us and the action in the thing that we're watching that makes all of these things that that are integrated, these real act, these real people, these real writers and thinkers and poets and events and history that brings us almost into it. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that Eileen Miles is not only a character, but she's also in it. And we know that. Yeah. And the fact that Cherry Jones is like a lesbian and, and, and very prominently so and right. all these things and like Idlewild is based on this music festival that just got canceled because of the very thing that they're you know talking mm-hmm. about the controversy it's it's it, it makes me feel almost a part of the show which I think is why I feel so connected to it and why we're like relating so well is because there is all this information circulating and it's it, it and it, it actually like adds a dimension yeah to the show which is weird because I feel like we often talk about how knowing so much about celebrities' lives and about all this stuff is detracting from our right. 
being able to just be lost in the medium. Right. And somehow yeah. this show doesn't beg for us to be lost in a fantasy. It almost like begs for us to say this is life in a way. Yeah. I don't know right. if that, that, that's going too far, but saying somehow like um, – we can connect the, these things are uh, are real and at our fingertips. This yeah. this poet exists. Right. This this writer, um, Ali Liebigat. I don't know if you. Mm -hmm. she, so Ali Liebigat was in the first season as the security guard in Shelley's and Ed's um, uh, living facility, and turns out I just realized is a writer. It's like a poet. Uh, uh, playwright and writer and a, a, um, a staff writer on Transparent uh -huh. and and is in several episodes of this season not as a security guard I mean maybe she is a security she guard was but also she's also a security guard but also like a, a festival goer yes, yeah. okay so she's playing multiple roles but if you have any interest in like who these people are that you're watching because you know because of how the politics are working out you know that these people that Jill's creating this environment of like-minded people and mm -hmm. and all this gender fluidity and wonderful like sort of uh, inclusiveness that you're so easily able to go and look up who these people are, what are they doing, what are they saying that it makes you that the, that this barrier between you and this show is broken down. I feel part of it. I mm -hmm. feel like I could, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And even and that even extends to the fact that like Magnus Hirschfeld, right, played by Bradley Whitford, uh -huh. who in the first season was. Are, are we going to talk about it? Okay, okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm going there, but we could stop. Well, I'm wondering if we can talk about it without talking about all of it. What? The the significance of of his character and Michaela's character. Do it, because I have not thought deeply about this. Because it's. Uh, it's one thing for these less known writers or trans actors or activists to be playing different roles. Most people won't really notice. Mm -hmm. But you have Bradley Whitford and Michaela Watkins playing two completely different and distinct characters who are very important in the show. Yes. Each of them mm -hmm. does that. So why? Why? Um and it's related to something that people have brought up to me. Did you bring this up also about the German accent? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it's all related. Uh -huh. Okay, go. Uh, that the accent spoken by the characters in Berlin 1933 is vaguely German-inflected. Uh, sometimes the accent isn't there at all. Sometimes it's heavier. They're speaking in English with a German accent. They could have cast German actors. They didn't. Um, there's no way that this was just a mistake. Um, we're, we're way beyond that happening anymore. This was a choice. Mm -hmm. Clearly a choice. I mean, I, I just don't think it's possible that they didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. So why? Why kind of German but not really German? Why are characters playing or why are actors playing characters in this decade and then that decade? It's all kind of blurring together it's now it's then it's american it's german it's all of this okay. i mean what is your feeling my feeling is it's to do with the epigenetics and with the general idea that we were then and we are now and we are all tied together and influenced and it's all the same story that's being told over and over i love that I and love, and that's I just love, like love, love that. that's how thorough 
Jill is in her storytelling that it goes down to the way someone's accent is. I love that so much. I think I think I would have said it not so well that like that there's like a dreaminess that is makes it acceptable that like we're not supposed to take this in a sort of like we're watching history. We're not going back in history. Yeah. We're going back in some half dream, half vision, half, you know, fantasy also that. thing. And the bonfire is a very the bonf- it, like it that's the most clear. surreal. It's totally a surreal thing. And so yeah. I'm like completely willing at this point, like I have enough trust and faith that like I'm completely willing to give myself over to like whatever, wherever you're going to take me. I, I believe that like, OK, the accents are inconsistent to me or they're strange to me or they're whatever, like, and they like take me out of it for a second. But then Mm -hmm. I say to myself, no, that doesn't, it's not, don't, it's not about that. And it's, it's, I I really just love how you said it, that like, it's more about the fact that we're in all places at all. We're, we're, we're one, like the, the inherited trauma or the inherited, let's even, I don't know if it works in the reverse, but inherited joy or good things yeah are in sure. you or are in our ancestors or in our future mm-hmm. whatever so like in our descendants and so it's all one thing in that it's it's not supposed to be this literal now we're in 1933 now we're in 2015 right. it's just sort of this dreamy um way of imagining it and i i think that's right however i, I mean i will say like Full disclosure, I was I was taken out of it, and I yeah. do I am bothered by the fact that like they could have been speaking German, and I adore the fact that like they're re- that 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 Jill is reusing Bradley and Michaela and all of these actors. I love that notion so much, but the being in Germany in 1933 and there sort of being this like very inconsistent to me, not even inconsistent, I guess, just sort of like mishmashy, bad lack. <laughs> Uh, of lack of like a, a, a consistency yeah. um well but i mean how about this you're talking about how if you want to be an active viewer you can and you can look up these people and we're being challenged to participate as much as we want mm-hmm. or invited to mm-hmm. maybe she's throwing these things out that are th- throwing you off and she wants you to think about it i, I, I mean that it. might yeah. be giving her way too much benefit no, no, of the doubt i think that's fair i mean epigenetics is fascinating had you heard of that i had never heard of it i don't know if anyone has heard of it. and then when <laughs> I, I heard it in the show i thought they clearly invented that for the show because it cannot be real it's real, it's real right okay. it's crazy it's basically the idea is that inherited trauma which is to say we inherit dna but it's not a fixed thing i am already born i have my dna that i have now something horrible can happen to me that causes me anxiety or stress or pain or whatever it is that's emotional. I mean, those things also have physical repercussions, but largely emotional. I can pass that on to my ancestors, not ancestors. That's What's crazy. The Your of descendants. Ancestors? My descendants. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, to the point where they have studies that show, like they say in the show, it can be something as simple as like, the smell of a flower, you will have an inherited response to that. And where this is leaving us, I mean, I think it just to a great extent, we've closed the circle on this idea of it being 
um, th- in this ancestral line yeah. because we've sort of gone there. But it's so um, profound in the sense, I mean, the the way that the, ser- the season ends with it was a boy. It's a boy. It's a boy. That's I mean, a killer. It's a killer. And when you try to then, you know, draw in your head without drawing on paper, but just think about it in your head, okay, Mora was the was was the son Ali, you know, try to draw parallels of who was who in different right, and, right. and, and how, and it's, um, it's, I mean, it's fascinating. And, and then you think of transgender, um, or, or gender miss classification, or I don't yeah. know how you would say it, but that that is something that could be passed down. That yeah. that's a DNA thing. That, that, that that's something right. that can be inherited. Like, oh, you come from a long line of people who are miss. Yeah, and that it's not even as clear cut. I mean, um, Mora is not the son of Giddle. Mora is the son of Rose, who's cisgender, but it's Rose's inherited trauma of seeing what happened to Giddle. Right. That is also what's being genetically passed down to the family. Right. Which is also, parenthetically, not Pfefferman. Right. We're calling it all Pfefferman, and it's not, but it's fine. Because Pfefferman is the father who is not part of this line of lineage. Oh, that's true. Okay. Which is interesting. Right. Also, a little, just a, just a, just the most nitpicky, I just hate that I'm even going to go there, but I'm going there. I just rewatched a few episodes from the first season. Uh-huh. Unreal. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> Unreal that the ring, this pearl, yeah. is in episode two of season one. Did you know that? Because it's what Josh proposes with. Is that what you're talking about? Does he propose with it in season one? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I haven't got – I know. I don't remember that. Yeah, because he's like, it's my grandmother's oh my Jesus Holocaust Christ. ring. No, And what's-her-face is like, ew. Yes. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what are you here's referring my, here's to? Here's my thing. Even before that happens, okay. um, Allie is like, isn't this like Tata Giddle's ring? Wasn't that Rose's sister? That would have never happened. Be- because that they would have referred even to when her as Rose's Allie sister? goes to see R- Rose. Yeah, Rose is like Gershon. Oh, so I'm calling a little bit of an interesting, a, interesting. Yeah, right. So where would they have gotten Giddle I, from? I want to say it's a little bit of an inconsistency because they didn't know. I, I I just because that doesn't add so, up to me. Okay. Rose would not have considered her brother or No, she might No, she pre senile well, Rose might have referred to Gershon as Giddle. Then more then the family lore would be different. The sister Mora's sister would not be this uptight, closed minded person. It would be a totally they would different story. They would say, We have a transgender person in our family. They don't. Wait, what if they don't know that Giddle was, was ever born a man. Gershon. Yeah. Then why would Rose say Gershon? Okay, because she's seen it. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yes. 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 You figured it out. That's I fixed amazing. it. I fixed it. You did fix it. You now totally you let it go. fixed it. That's great. Okay, amazing. <laughs> That's mind blowing. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. All right, we'll talk about the rest of that with Hari. Oh. Yeah. A lot okay, let's continue with fornication. <laughs> I just thought of a million archetypal, yeah. Fornication, okay. Um, 
Uh, well, I have a little throwaway, which is Mansukis. I think he was a fornication up because I think it was oh. like a, a score for him to oh, get with yeah. Sarah for a little bit. So fun. <laughs> like, I he's love- a loser. Okay. It was I love awesome like, for him. He's like, yoo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he's immediately like, oh, wait, you probably don't like, want I that voice. I already hated yeah. that. He's like, yeah. I knew that was terrible. Like Julia Child, <laughs> kind oh, of, yeah. Okay. He's the best. That's so he's good. Best. Okay, he's the best. He was a minor little up. Uh, okay, but the ultimate up. Wait, hold on, hold on. I have. Do you I have other runners up? I have Shelly also a runner up. Oh, yeah. Okay, for Buzz. Because she's reclaiming her youth and independence and sexuality. The pool party scene. Did you notice oh her in the pool party scene? She's like, walling out <laughs> between these two. She's like having a really fun time. Yeah. Which is kind of out of character because then she's like, yeah. But but still, I'm very happy for Shelly loving Buzz's meat. It's great. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. When they get to the elevator flicky. with Mora and Buzz is like, how did you two gals meet? She's <laughs> such a great Oh, line. and Shelly's like, yeah. <laughs> I just love Buzz. He's like, like, does he realize that Mora's trans? I don't, I don't know. Like, does he know and he's just so down that he's saying, what's up, gals? Or he's just, like, wanna, so old school he doesn't know what's I want to go with he's so down. Yeah, okay. I just love him. What is he? I know him from a million things and yet nothing. I didn't look. Uh, well, most recently, Richard Mazur, I think is the actor we're talking about, he was in Girls. As the boss? When Anna's <laughs> like, I just tried to fuck you, like. Uh, what is it like? Fuck you, blackmail you, like a whole thing, and you like still want me to work here? And he's like, and yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like, you you don't know how to do anything, but I think you got potential, kid. <laughs> he's awesome. He's so good. He's so good. Classic. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's great. And, I, and then I also had. I mean, I did also have Sarah as a runner-up because come on, she's uh she's engaging in plenty of sex. She's first of all fantasizing freely. Well, she do we call that sex? We call that okay. It's sexual pleasure. It's it's sexual okay. freedom. Yes, she's allowing herself to have that fun. Yes, then she engages. Unless in it. we say it's about the punishment thing, and true. then I don't know. Uh, true. I mean, there's very there's many prisms we could look at this okay. fornication okay. thing. I want to say Sarah was was going out there feeling this this thing, and then the um, why can't I ever remember his character's name? The pot doc. I don't know what his character's okay. name was. His, Jason Mansukis. That casual sex yes. was fun while it lasted. It seemed not very long uh, lived, but... I don't think she was enjoying it, though. No, she wasn't. Okay, fine. All right, maybe she's not even a Let's up. poke holes here, then but... Then my pony. By the time she meets Pony in Idlewild, yes. and then has this very... Like, she can swipe her credit card and get spanked. Amazing. It's like so she's great. Like in heaven. She's great. So and great. she's like, oh, hey, Len, I'm back because yeah. I have this other thing on the side, and it's fine. So it's great. So Sarah, all right, she's not a runner-up. Oh my god, it lends like low furniture, which is like, why is your furniture so low? And then she just like sinks down to the floor. She's like a very good physical comedian. She, she is. Yeah. I just love Len. I don't know why. Okay, I love them together. I like want them together. It's weird. I don't know. He's so square. I I, I don't so know if I can handle him, but so square. Okay, then. Yeah, the winner is. The winner is. Vicky Mora. and Mora. Vicky and Mora. Vicky and Mora. Well, so it's really Mora because Vicky we don't really know. Yeah. So right. Mora. Although I have concerns about their relationship. Uh, okay. Saying that he, that Mora is the winner, I do not 
make any guarantees on this long lasting uh, relationship. Yeah. However, I do believe Angelica Houston. Is the best thing ever. Uh, Very glad to see she rebounded from Smash. (laughs) Okay, which is a show that I loyally watched. Adam's family last. Like I know that. Like I don't. Wow, it's been a while. She's been. Yeah. Okay. Smash. Okay. She was very poorly used in Smash, but divine to see all the same. Sing. No, she she didn't sing. She played like a producer. And her whole role was throwing a drink in her ex-husband's face every time she saw him in a restaurant, which was every restaurant she went to. Um, okay, so Vicky, here's my concern, though. Vicky is NATO. Love it. I what mean, NATO, I would not be with somebody who made up acronyms like that. Wait, what is it? Not? Not attached to outcome. Like, I'm okay, surprised this doesn't show up on people's amazing. online dating profiles. I, I, it will now. It will. Well, uh, Guys, I don't know if the brilliant. people who would use it are watching Transparent. No, <laughs> NATO is not attached to outcome is very nice. I'm not hating on it. It depends how it's applied. When she refuses to go see Mora's mom, then I'm like, totally oh, is that what that totally meant? Totally appropriate. I, I know. that it's It's her right to say no. No, it's more but than I her think... right to say no. It's inappropriate to ask. They've had one night of a casual encounter. I, I appreciate it. was it. not I casual. Appreciate, I appreciate Mora's asking. It was <laughs> casual. That did not feel casual. As much as you can feel connected with someone on one night, you absolutely You're saying by default can. one night is casual. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. I mean, did you see Before Sunrise? <laughs> <laughs> my entire notion of romance is, is based upon one? the idea is that, that the one night one? can last a lifetime Whoa. yes i think i only got through the beginning of that jesus christ okay but i love we'll last have a viewing of all three okay. soon um i think it was fine of Mora to ask and completely appropriate how she said no yes okay fine and i think that nato given <laughs> <laughs> i'm so down with nato for their scenario yeah. And I, I and I'm also down with NATO for like when you just meet someone completely randomly and That's you're true. like I have no need to pretend like I'm going to like be beholden to you or like responsibility right. for anything. And maybe Mora doesn't need to jump into a relationship right now. Jumping no. Easing in absolutely. I want Angelica Houston around forever. It was so good and it was just so good that like yeah, the double mastectomy was like what was great. who is Mora's first time going to be? Right. Just like. It was a great scene. It was a great scene. Um, <laughs> the night before, when Maura's like, are you a showery or a bathy? Oh my God, I was like, no. <laughs> See, like, don't be a Jewish parent right and now. Also, don't I, baby talk. Also, right. That felt a little bit going <laughs> over the top because I don't believe that they actually called it that. Like, I like when he was like. But like, when Maura was she, like. She and Shelly probably talked like that. Well, I believe that they're like. Did you talk about bathy time? That's one thing. But not be like, do you want to, are you a bathy person? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just No, call, it's but just like call. not even as an adjective, as a noun. Are you a showery or a bathy? And Angelica Houston was down with it. Yeah, she was. I was like, don't pretend you know that game. I know. That's what not a, your game. What an open cheesemonger. She's so down. She's like, I just I just like you a lot. She was a cheesemonger. I'll spoon you. She's yeah. a cheesemonger. And what was she doing? Just like waiting for him to like wander off in the woods like it was so i keep saying him timing timing it was it was it was perfect um i do we have spoilers that we know that angelica's back i mean i can only imagine that she's i don't know okay i 
She better be. She better be back. I really, yeah. I mean, it's really great. Um, God, the ending was so inconclusive. So okay. Wait. I mean, there's like no, no indicators of where it's going. Hold on, hold on. Okay, gray, green, brown, and copper is the last episode. Do you know what that refers to? No, tell me. One of my favorite scenes. Very simple. The siblings in the pool. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, I, I do you think that the end of the Pfeffermans was like the last time we were like in this pool because then it like grew over with leaves and the pool man like quit and we just like had nobody to clean the pool. And Allie's like, yeah, it like got all like gray, green, brown and copper in the bottom. Wow. And I'm like, what does that mean? That's we could the go name there, of like, the last that's episode. That's the name of the last episode is the name of the how the bottom of the pool felt and looked when they fired the pool man the last summer that because shelly felt like a family like this because shelly was on Fetherman family oh the end okay of the, the end of the Fetherman family was when the pool grew over with leaves because nobody gave a shit like everyone was like in their own world by then but there's that thing in episode one where Mora asked shelly oh is that why you fired the pool guy i think is who he's talking about when she's talking about the diet pills <sighs> yeah <laughs> I love those details. Are I know. Just, uh, wow. Okay. So, so, so processing. Okay, so what is so, okay. So that's what happens when you aren't, when you are tending, tending to things, you aren't it's, nurturing. It's not immediate for me, like how yeah. that really works. But, um, basically the end of this, the, this episode ends with Allie saying, I'm not going to be your old lady. I'm going to take the high road, the mature adult road, and try to be mm. your student. You don't look at mm. it like that. Okay, I totally she, did. What? She suggests to Mora that that's her choice. We do not know that that's her choice. Oh, I think that's her choice. That's Based on what? She doesn't answer. She says, I think I'm going to be a TA this season for Leslie. Well, to her d- yeah. That, that's I definitive. Could, oh, with Allie? I don't know. I could totally okay, so, okay. see her. What What is she gonna tell? I think her mappa that she's gonna nothing, just become nothing. Leslie's lover. I think she wants to have something to say. Well, maybe she'll be like, both. be proud of me. I think she's going to be the TA. I think that's what we're gonna see next season. Okay, she's gonna be the TA, and they'll probably have some illicit or whatever you know thing on the side. Okay, which is exciting. <laughs> so, in my view, Allie is taking the high or the the adult road. And taking her Mappa to see her grandmother, which is like all of that to me, just like this family connection and all of that seems very um, just just it's a good place. And we have Sarah saying, you know, I really have turned a corner and Mm -hmm. I really think I'm going to look into Judaism. And Josh Mm -hmm. is like, "Okay, just as long as it's not with Raquel. And then she's like, oh, Len, you're boring now and you're single. Cool. I'm fun and awesome. (laughs) And I'm going to look into Judaism with Raquel. <laughs> so I'm still the same. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But um right? I mean, yeah. so it ends okay. with Sarah sort of thinking that Josh, Josh Josh is finally dealing with grief and finally maybe next season he will begin to feel like he can repair himself or just start to heal or start to you know be different. Mhm. So what's our launching point and Mora, for season 3? Well, well Mora, yeah, Mora. um was born a woman i mean born a boy but she's in i don't know i don't know where it leaves us um with her i mean in a new relationship 
Yeah, it's just that last bit. It's interesting to think of this this last episode as like it doesn't sort of have that feeling of here we are. No, because it gets very existential in yeah. its last moments, yeah. and it brings you back to the wider perspective right. of what is this all about. It's not about right. tunneling into the plot. Right. It's like, and then zoom out. And like, what do you think you've learned at this point? Which is kind of great because then it's it amazing. leaves anything open. We're yeah. not expecting anything. Yeah. It's like. I guess now it's it's made an argument that this is all inherited. Wow. And it's all a cycle. And so now we just have to see how it continues to play out. And if they're able to break the cycle, maybe. Break the cycle of, of this is kind of like un cool way of treating people or because the cycle the the inherited thing is more the um way you internalize these like genetic i don't know i i mean there's two ways to look at it it's like yeah. on one hand when when you smell the cherry blossom and you get scared of that it's mm-hmm. just this in, inherent like reaction to something as opposed to um really not liking the smell i i don't know the difference between between the genetics and the um there's my phone because we've been here for five hours talking about setting up a we literally like, we cannot stop and i feel like we just we finished one thought and then it's just like oh but let's get super deep on a million more <laughs> thoughts it's not our fault <laughs> oh my god how about like josh like that last scene or the last episode when they're all about to be in the pool and josh breaks an egg and it's bloody Right. Yeah. Super dark. Uh, isn't that a symbol of something, or it's supposed to a be bloody egg? Yeah. Like no, a, I guess like that's a, a double yolk. I'm I thinking of. Why. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's what uh, I think of. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your baby will die. Oh, too late. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay, we have to end on a really fun note. Okay. Okay. Let's see. You have a I fun have, note. I have fun notes. Tee us up. I have fun notes. Let's see. Uh, what else can you get? Well, vamp while I'm doing this. Let me look. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just, I just. The most upbeat moment of the show. Oh, okay. How about Rita coming to dinner, being like, "I would have brought a bottle of wine, but I didn't have time." Rita's the worst. Okay, fine. Then she's like, "And I would have brought cheese." And then doesn't she ask for her leftovers to go? She's like, I'll take the pizza leftovers. It's just like, oh, God. Sex burgers? Oh, yeah. Sex what is that? It's kind of funny. She's like making a play on Asperger's for like people who are obsessed with sex. Oh. Which is awesome. I did not get that pun at <laughs> all. <laughs> Sarah was, Pfefferman. Yeah. Way over my head. As of Mansuka, it's like, what? Yeah. And he's like, what? You're crazy because you just listed a million things that make you have that yeah. right <laughs> exactly, now. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, also, the break, the whole Yom Kippur episode. As a rabbi's daughter, as I said that I am, um, I love it. I love hearing the Al Khait saying on Amazon Prime. It's really great. Followed by the Slachlanu. It's great. Yeah. And um, it felt it felt real. The break fast. My family doesn't do bagels because who wants bagels when you've been fasting for an entire day? Although ever, I yeah, think no. we're the total anomaly. Oh no. What do you do? Uh, usually like. Uh like a chicken marbella which i just read is like <laughs> i don't 
remember where I read this, but someone was saying that's like the go-to dish that people right out of college learn to make. And then I got really sad for my family that that's like the thing they make on holidays. <laughs> so note to Katz's, we have to talk about that. <laughs> We've got to upgrade our cookbooks or something. Bottom line, I don't understand why Jews, and this is a very typical Jew thing, I don't understand why Jews, after not having eaten in an entire 24 hours, choose to eat bagels. Yeah, well, maybe that was that. like Ali and Sid. Not That's a really. Thing. That is a thing. Is it? Yeah, hmm. as far as I know. That's weird. Yeah, but I loved that scene, and I love that, like, the one time we see, like, insert after insert after insert is, like, after that, and we just see, like, the dirty dishes of... Yeah. Before breakfast. Great. Yeah. There's just, I could not ever end this. What are we going to do? Uh, well, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> in this 10 part <laughs> podcast that we recorded tonight, we hope that we helped everyone digest this show about everything. I hope we didn't make it more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm more confused right now. I like I need to go be alone and think right? about things. Right. And not, not think about things. Yeah, like I feel like I talked about all my notes, but I feel like I didn't talk about anything. Can yet. we? Can we maybe come back to some things if we think? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And maybe, maybe people can let us know if they think of things too that we haven't yeah. thought of because tweet, tweet at us. We we are the experts here, but no, I don't know. No. No, we're not. We're let not. We're know. not. Let us we know. are merely humble servants. We're humble servants <laughs> in the side of the Lord. Just kidding. Okay. Can you just do a medley of the whole soundtrack? <laughs> Starting Jesse, with operator. I, I tell you not to tempt me at every turn. Do it, and you do continually it, do tempt it. me. Please let us get out of here before I do that. Okay. I'll make it happen, guys, eventually. Maybe we'll do it for Hari. I'm going to tell Hari ahead of time. Um, okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. And what can I say, guys? Um, continue to follow this show. On THR Podcast, on iTunes, and THR.com, and SoundCloud. Um, Girls on Transparent will be on the THR Podcast channel. We will have more episodes coming up, including our uh, chat with Hari Neff, who plays Gittle slash Gershon. Um, so that will be coming soon, and uh, and hopefully more. And uh, it's it's just, just the beginning. Just the beginning. We love you, Jill. Love you, Jill. Uh... You're incredibly challenging, and you've taken up my entire life. But <laughs> <laughs> I've created a friendship. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.